Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 27th. It's seven minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. No, you're misunderstanding. No, I'm not. No, you are. Because right before uh, Rob came in the studio, I accidentally ran over my foot with the chair and it hurts. And I felt like I was telling Kevin, I'm going to pass out. Uh It hurts so bad. And I started sweating. And he's like, do you need ice? Do you need ice? And I said, where's Rob? (laughs) So you were needed for first day. What, what what did you think I was going to do? Like carry you? Like in uh, what was that officer and a gentleman? Was that the I got nowhere else to go? I got I mean, nothing else. What, yes. what, what did you think I was going to do for you? Uh, I don't know. You have this. It's amazing. So uh, you have this this phobia. Mm-hmm. And look, I get it. You're a woman, and you need a strong man to carry you throughout the day. And I get it. Right, like officer and a gentleman. There's right. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, Casey. You like, have, I'm gimping to the freezer to get some ice for my foot it's just i feel ridiculous because it was totally my fault i was sitting in the chair when i rolled over my foot so my full weight came down on it i will always be on time casey (laughs) i will never abandon you i mean i was out in the hall having a nice conversation with ryan hedrick and our boss david wood didn't you hear me screaming for help come in here and it's like (laughs) oh my gosh where's rob i feel ridiculous i did that to myself even when you injure yourself it was your own fault let me tell you how i mean we've worked together for two years but apparently it still isn't clear to you how this (laughs) works casey i will spend as little time in this studio as humanly possible so during a commercial break right i'm gonna get up and walk around right before the show i'm gonna stroll in here at 905 is it It, because i'm doing stupid things like running over my own foot it's just because i have a lot of energy casey Mm -hmm. and i have to get it out and uh, since i have to sit here for the better part of three hours Mm -hmm. during the commercial breaks i need to get up and get out of this place yeah walk around walk it off so i will always be here i will never abandon you Mm -hmm. i will be on time and I will be ready to rock and roll like I am right now. Yeah, I would just like to say I was fully prepared to get Casey a bag of ice <laughs> and bring her back to full health. I wish I could walk it off. I can't. Instead, we're going to talk about Joe Biden and Donald oh, Trump. Oh, my goodness. They're going to be making dueling visits to the border. This uh-huh. is going to happen on Thursday. So Biden's going. Yeah, that's what he says. We don't have any of the details, though. Isn't that crazy that he went for basically 50 years and did not go to the border, and now he feels the need to go back mm-hmm. for the basically what is that the second time in a year mm-hmm. what has changed well all the things that were happening were happening right for the first part of your presidency because you created them by having a very public worldwide do drop in policy and even at a press conference on it casey i remember listening to it on wibc as i was driving home from work you're talking about that dog and pony show very early on when he first became president where he got up there and he was telling people what to say on the telephone when you call your parents at home and all this and that and it's like 
Oh, if you tell people to come, you're surprised that they actually came? Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's going to reiterate his calls for congressional Republicans to stop playing games and stop playing politics. And he wants them to provide the funding needed for additional U.S. Border Patrol agents. Here's what I don't understand. And now I'm not even trying to be facetious or a radical right winger or anything when I say this. So maybe someone can help me. He's been talking about all these things he can do through executive order if the Republicans don't act. Great. Do them, Mm -hmm. and if you could do them, why didn't you do them three years ago? Well, you know, it's an election year, and he wants the perception that he's taking control of the issue. So he's going to travel to Brownsville, Texas, and he's going to be meeting with Border Patrol agents and law enforcement. Also had a great uh, band that was produced out of Brownsville, Brownsville Station, smoking in the boys' room. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've been around radio forever. You remember when that song was new. (laughs) And uh, so now we'll also get a president of the United States Mm there. While he's there, Trump is going to be visiting Eagle Pass and now Biden is claiming well I didn't know he was going like they're trying to say we we had this on the books for a long time but of course the White House not sharing any details about the president's visit to the border uh, reporter was asking Karine Jean-Pierre about this and you know what answer you got from her I don't have anything. <laughs> I don't have because of protests that you don't want to share details about the president's schedule with your friends protests. I don't, I don't have anything else to share on that. I don't have anything. That's her standard answer for everything, is I don't have anything. This goes back to kind of yesterday. We spent a lot of time talking about the exit polling in South Carolina over the weekend. And the number one thing, you know, that people were kind of zoned in on and the 89 percent of these people went for Trump is that sort of, you know, cares about I forget exactly how it was worded, but cares about me, understands what I'm going through type of thing. And again, I forget specifically exactly how the question was worded, but overwhelmingly, 89 percent of those people voted for Donald Trump. It was the top quality they were looking for in a candidate. Mm -hmm. And I think this is part of it because people look at what's going on in this country. And I think even moderate Democrats or independent people or whatever you want to call them who are not super into politics or super wed to one form of ideology, look at this and go, we're being invaded. You've got this poor girl who was assassinated in Georgia solely because New York declared itself a sanctuary city, Mm -hmm. a sanctuary state, both, whatever. And they caught this guy who committed a criminal act and they let him go. Yeah. And now there's another story about another illegal immigrant who was arrested in Virginia and charged with sexual assault against a minor. And again, in September, he was detained and released. So another same situation. And if we could, uh, Kevin, move on to number five, because here's Katie Porter, and she's talking about how we don't need to change policy just based on one instance. Listen to this. Well, I think when a horrible tragedy like like this happens, I think whenever we're dealing um, with violent crime, there is a sense of outrage, of sadness, and of loss. But I think the important thing to focus on is any one instance shouldn't shape our overall immigration policy. Okay, so this is really important um, on who this woman is. So she is a U.S. rep from California. She is running for U.S. Senate, the Feinstein seat. And she is currently, so the way California's primary system works, they have what is called a jungle primary, where Republicans can run, Democrats can run, and then whoever the top two vote-getters 
are will then go to the fall. So you could conceivably have two Democrats running against each other. Right now, the polling is showing that Adam Schiff, who is that maniac, is winning the primary. And then Steve Garvey, a very famous baseball player in the 1980s, is the Republican running. He's second in most polls and then she is third behind him so she is desperately trying to leap over steve garvey to get into this fall uh general election now what's interesting though is she's telling you what the base of the democrat party is she's telling you that the democrat party she believes she can win votes on allowing illegal immigrants into the country who kill people that's what she's telling you Mm -hmm. because she's trying to win votes she is giving you the party line speech on what she believes will appeal to the most number of Democrats, and that apparently is the sanctuary cities that don't prosecute criminals who then allow those people to go to other states and kill people. That's now a winning proposition in the Democrat Party. Yeah, she's saying you shouldn't shape overall immigration policy based on one instance. Okay, that is correct, not on one. But now we have two within a matter of a week. And let's not forget about the millions of criminals that we know have crossed the border. People that are on watch lists. We know they're here. We don't know where they are, but we know they're here. And she's still saying, no, 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 we can't change the policy after that. Still don't believe me? Three days after that Georgia student, Lake and Riley, was killed from somebody who illegally crossed the border. Here's the vice president, the border czar, going on on national TV and saying the border's secure. You're confident this border's secure? We have a secure border. There it is. We have a secure border. Did you hear the enthusiasm though? Did you hear the passion? Did you hear the conviction in her voice, mm-hmm. Casey? It sounds like, you know, when you call like the doctor's office or someplace and you're put on hold and your call is important <laughs> to us. We'll get to you as soon as possible. All right, we got to take a break. What are we doing next? It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We're going to hear from Bob Costas because he said uh, a lot of Trump people are delusional, toxic, cult worshiping, loathsome, disgraceful, right. bubbling cauldron of motion people. And that's on the All way. those things. All wow. those things. It's 93 WIBC. Brownsville band, huh? Brownsville Station, yes. Yeah, there you go. So, I remember liking him when he hosted the Olympics. He was the main face for the Olympics for years. Uh-huh. And then he decided to get political. We're uh, talking about Bob Costas. Yeah, here's the thing with Costas, though. He's, he's just insufferably arrogant. And there are moments in sports where, like, the lay of the land is worthy of how Bob Costas paints a random Tuesday night baseball game where it's a 1-1 count and a guy on first base. Like every event, this is what's exhausting about Bob Costas, <laughs> is every single game, every single play, every single moment is though it is game seven of the World Series or Roger Maris, you know, hitting 61 home runs to pass Babe Ruth. And it is just, it is exhausting to watch a Major League Baseball game in the middle of June between, say, the Phillies and the Astros and act as though it is some... The biggest moment in sports? I just, I've had to stop. I've had to mute him. I have to mute him when he is the play-by-play guy because it was cool in the mid 80s mm-hmm. and now 40 years later he's still, still doing, doing the same this. delivery. And it's just the arrogance and elitism and it is like 
Yikes. But isn't that what he gets paid for? To try and draw viewers in with the no, drama? No, no. You know, you know who does this well? Or do you think he hasn't evolved? You can be a big, big game voice. Mm-hmm. And not do it to the level of nauseating that Costas does. Al Michaels is a great example of this. When Al Michaels is doing, I guess it's Thursday night football now because they paid him a gajillion dollars to go over to Amazon. But when he, when Al Michaels is doing a game, you know or you feel like it is a big deal and you enjoy listening to Al Michaels call, whether it is football or hockey, you know, the do you, do you believe in miracles? I mean, Al Michaels for 50 plus years has been doing it in a fun, professional manner where you know it's a big deal. You don't need him to tell you it's a big deal. Him simply being there and calling the event itself and relaying stories, you get the picture. Bob Costas is awful, Casey. He's (laughs) awful. Okay, well, he was criticizing Joe Biden for not stepping aside for a younger candidate. Uh, But what really got people's attention with his dramatic delivery was that he called fans of Donald Trump a toxic cult worshiping a loathsome and disgraceful figure. He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since 2016 and since 2020. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, psychologically, intellectually or ethically fit to be president of the uh, okay, now do Bill Clinton, because way <laughs> few people are, have showed up dead around Donald Trump than the Clintons. Uh, now do Joe Biden, mm-hmm. whose crackhead son was selling the office of the vice presidency on his behalf. Uh, if you want to dislike Trump, that's fine. But again, when you heard that, did he, he did it the exact way he calls a May baseball game mm-hmm. where everything I'm going to tell you about Donald Trump is the biggest, most important Thing you have ever heard in your entire life. These people are exhausting, Casey. Exhausting. It's very much like Mike Pence, where he pauses. Sure. And he wants you to hang on every word. I thought the bubbling cauldron of emotions, that's a total stolen riff from Anchorman, <laughs> the glass case of emotions. He just switched up a few words. But you're right. I mean, 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. Not a good look you're a sports guy you're blowing off a huge portion of your audience and i hate this potential audience because bob costas again very early in his career had one of the 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 play-by-play of one of my all-time favorite baseball games he had with called one of the biggest most favorite things in my youth growing up it was the it's called the sandberg game uh in 1984 the cubs and cardinals Mm -hmm. played a nationally televised game it was a bruce Sutter who was unhittable gave up two home runs to ryan sandberg late in the game for the cubs to win this game is sort of the game that propelled the 84 Cubs to the playoffs for the first time they'd been in the postseason since 1945. And that team was so lovable. And the cost, the, the Sandberg game, it's still known. I mean, baseball fans still know the Sandberg game. Bob Costas was the voice of that. He did an incredible job calling that game. And so it pains me to say this because I still watched that whole game with great fondness. Mm-hmm. And Bob Costas's call at the end was a big part of it. But it's just like, the inability to connect on why 75 million or 6 million or whatever it was people voted for Donald Trump and to understand the pain and the anguish and the concern about what's going on in this country and what Donald Trump actually represents, it is just 
un- unbelievably, um, I mean, it's just the arrogance of these people to not recognize here is why people are voting for Donald Trump. It's not even Donald Trump that they're voting for. It's what he represents and what is happening in this country. Well, it's because, as you mentioned, it's very elitist. Bob Costas has won 28 Emmys. So, therefore, Rob, he's, he's smarter than you. better than you <laughs> and everyone else. Okay, it's like a huge peace accord between uh, McConnell and Trump. And we'll get into that coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's like a huge peace accord. Mitch McConnell's team is in talks with Donald Trump's team about a possible endorsement. Good morning. It is 934 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Trump's campaign manager and Mitch McConnell's longtime, I guess, right-hand man, they're in discussions about the possibility of a freeze between the two. And it's like, uh, do you remember, I believe it was Ronald Reagan who didn't like to wear a winter coat because he didn't want to seem weak when he was meeting other leaders. And, you know, people would say, well, but it's cold, president. And he would say, nope, I'm just going to wear my jacket, my sports coat, and that'll do. What is the deal with these two? Does it even matter if Mitch McConnell endorses Trump, that's almost like a bad thing, I would think, for Donald Trump. Well, look, it's one thing if McConnell just says, uh, look, Trump's going to be the nominee and i got to support him because we've got to get a Republican in there. It's another thing if Trump is out actively courting this endorsement, which is, appears to be what it is. That there's some sort of negotiation mm-hmm. going on here. And this is what we've said about Trump time and again. Because don't forget, Trump put Mitch McConnell's wife in his cabinet in 2016 or 2017 when he became president. And he put all, the Dan, all these Dan Coates type people. Obviously, Pence is the vice president. Trump surrounded himself with these establishment swamp people. And I'm, you know, I get, we get told all the time from our listeners, hey, Rob, you got to, Trump's learned. He's uh, he's learned from what happened the last time. Because I keep saying, well, what, what guarantee do we have based on the fact that he's, you know, supported Kevin McCarthy for speaker, Ronna McDaniel for GOP chair. He keeps, seems to keep kind of doing the same stuff. Look at the people he endorsed in 2022. Dr. Oz, anyone? Mm-hmm. Hello? No, Rob, Trump's learned his lesson. He's going to get in there and he's going to be uh, he's going to be on this revenge tour and he's going to clean house and he didn't know last time. Well, he's getting back into bed with Mitch McConnell again. It doesn't seem like he's learned much of anything, Casey. And this is my concern that if Trump gets in there again, you're going to see him make the same mistakes that he made last time, which means nothing is going to change in this country. So I guess the Mitch McConnell people are saying that the absolute worst thing that could happen is electing Joe Biden for four more years. So it's time that everybody coalesce behind Donald Trump and McConnell backing Trump comes on the heels of the South Carolina primary. And and people are calling for Mitch McConnell to resign. So I would think if I were Donald Trump, 
I wouldn't want that endorsement. I would, <clears throat> no thank you. Yeah, but this comes back to what is Trump's ultimate goal with everything? For Trump to be first, to be Trump to be most liked, to Trump for Trump to have the best publicity, and again, if he's going to get in bed with Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. how can you get any more establishmenty than Mitch McConnell? And and it is one thing. Let me repeat myself. It is one thing if Mitch McConnell comes out of his own volition and says, "Hey, look, Trump's going to be the nominee. We got to have a Republican in there. I'm Team Trump." That's one thing. But it appears, based on the story you're talking about and the reporting that is out there, that Trump and his people are in negotiations with Mitch McConnell over some sort of endorsement or support, which should be a giant red flag to everyone, which means Mitch McConnell will. And the biggest issue is that means Trump will likely support Mitch McConnell remaining the Republican leader in the Senate, which means nothing good is going to get done. I feel like Trump is spinning this like, well, you know how great I am. I'm Donald Trump. And now even Mitch McConnell wants back in my circle. The, but- pro- the problem you have with Trump is that you have a guy who is his winning, air quote, winning, his success or what he deems as success is always going to be the most important thing. And that is not an effective way to govern. Didn't we learn that? Look at the people he surrounded himself with last time. The Scaramucci and Omarosa. And I mean, these people had no business, had no, you know, John Bolton, all of these just totally establishment people or celebrity people had no business being in there. And that's why his administration was, for the most part, a train wreck from an administrative standpoint. Did he have certain successes in terms of policy? Yes. However, he brought countless, and I mean countless, needless uh, instances of drama and and confusion and, uh, you know, needing to explain and pivot and playing defense on himself because of the people he surrounded himself with. And for all the people who keep telling me, Rob, you got to just shut up and be on board because he's learned his lesson. If he's courting Mitch McConnell... Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he has learned much of a lesson. Okay, so more than two-thirds of the Senate have officially endorsed Trump. I'm wondering if this is McConnell's way of signaling to everybody, hey, you know what? We all got to get behind Trump. We all got to rally behind one person. No way. And what signal does that send to Nikki Haley? No way is that the case because... Look at who the look at you know what Mitch McConnell's opinion of Trump is because look at how his little uh his little children that run around there like Todd Young, look at the things they say. That's the Mitch McConnell voice. Now, I'm not sure Mitch McConnell can effectively form sentences a lot of the time anymore, so he's not going to say it. But look at what people like Todd Young have said. They don't wipe their backside without Mitch McConnell's permission. They're certainly not going to go out and say things about Trump without Mitch McConnell's permission. And they show you, people like Todd Young, show you on a consistent basis how much they loathe and hate Donald Trump, which they do that because they loathe and hate you. So there's a new survey that came out. This is from Rasmussen. And of course, this survey puts Michelle Obama at the top for a replacement of Joe Biden, followed by Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton, and then Gavin Newsom. Hillary Clinton. I know. Can you imagine? Who is sitting around (laughs) going, man, Biden's just not, Biden's just not cutting it for me. We got to, I know, 
Hillary. Mm-hmm. Who is the person who is who is saying Hillary Clinton is what this country needs right now? We miss her so much. Uh, one in five, about 20% of Democrats surveyed said that Michelle Obama was their favorite choice to replace Joe Biden. And then Kamala Harris is at 15%. And of course, there's Michelle Obama's you know, she's been saying not interested. I don't want to go there. But she is also, quote, terrified to find out what would happen if Trump is back in office. And is she going to pull the I'm the only one who can beat him card? This is. Is that her? Well. Is that going to be her excuse? I have to do it to save the country. This is what people who are Trump supporters need to be very, very aware of, which is as long as it remains Joe Biden against Donald Trump, Trump probably has a better than 50-50 shot of regaining the presidency. I think Joe Biden is so despised and what's happened to this country is so despised, he's so despised for, and he's so disliked even amongst his own base that he would have a very hard time, provided all the jelly beans are counted in a proper and accurate fashion, which is a big if, Trump probably has a better than 50-50 shot to win the presidency. However, once you remove Biden from the equation, and if it's Gavin Newsom or uh, Michelle Obama or probably even Bernie Sanders, Mm -hmm. Trump has a less than 50-50 shot of being president because the American people, not the super partisans, but the American people, the collective, the people kind of in the middle who can go either way, have been saying for two years now, First party to not pick one of these two guys wins is going to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is, and we talked about this yesterday, and I, I in no way think this is a reason to nominate someone because with Nikki Haley, I don't think you really actually win anything. I don't think she would actually be that much better than Joe Biden, and I don't vote that way. Uh, but the reality is Nikki Haley would boat race Joe Biden. This would not even be close. It wouldn't be a race. She'd win 40 states. Because people just want to get rid of Biden. Mm-hmm. But the same, it works the other way, yeah. which is if the Democrats get rid of Biden and go with someone, as long as it isn't Kamala or Hillary. Like Michelle Obama. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll, they could win 40 states. I mean, the, the, people need to uh, realize, and Tony talks about this a, a lot, what you are wading into if you go with Donald Trump as the nominee. And the same thing, obviously, is true on the Democrat side. And people just appear content to say, well, if it happens, it happens. So there's this uh, list that came out. I thought it was hilarious. I wanted to share it with you because we're talking about, uh, obviously, Biden's age is one of the big concerns, and that's what keeps coming up in this Rasmussen report, uh, how old Joe Biden is. He was born closer to the Battle of Gettysburg than the 24 election. (laughs) He was an adult before the JFK assassination. And a senator before the fall of Saigon. Yeah. Okay. Think about this. Here's a list of some things that uh, have not, were not invented when Joe Biden was born. That's how old he is. Are you ready for this? Yes, let's do it. The slinky. <laughs> the atomic bomb. Uh, oh, that's right. Mass-produced penicillin. Oh. Joe Biden is older than all of these things. Think, so think about it. Biden is so old that it was a luxury to be able to get penicillin. Mm-hmm. The microwave oven, Tupperware, (laughs) semiconductor transistors, the Frisbee. Joe Biden is older than the Frisbee. He's older than jet airliners. Joe Biden is older than the credit card in your pocket. Um, All true, all petrifying. And again, think Mm -hmm. about this. Let's say it is Trump against Biden. 
he could win. <laughs> you know those Velcro shoes that they have Joe Biden wearing? Ah! Guess what? Joe Biden is older than the Velcro. <laughs> It is 15 minutes away from 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies jamming out to something new and everything in between. It makes you wonder what he was thinking. So the capital city said no to you. So I'm going to turn around and run someplace else. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Jefferson Shreve did not win the mayor's race here in Indianapolis. So something in his brain triggered him to say, you know what? Instead, I'm going to run for Congress in the 6th District. Well, you know, so I was specifically thinking about the 6th District. Now, that's the district that Greg Pence represents, who just in time for him to be able to get his cushy government pension, he Mm -hmm. decided he'd had enough of being in the Congress and is calling it quits. So on one hand, we will all benefit by Greg Pence no longer being in the Congress. However, it's going to suck big time that we got to pay that guy for the rest of his days for the really terrible job he did there for six years. But that's the Pence way, right? Mm -hmm. If there is a grift to be found, the Pence brothers will find the grift. Now, no word if Greg is going to take this government-funded money he will be receiving and give it to those people with the the Keel Brothers Oil Company that you know. Remember, he left some of those lo- that local lending institution, mm-hmm. the, the Keel Brothers Oil Company, did holding the bag of paper or the environmental damage we as taxpayers had to pay to clean up. No word if that money will be used to reimburse those folks or not. Uh, maybe Greg will comment on that at, at some point. Maybe somebody could ask him at one of those town halls if he's still uh, still having them. But I was thinking about like who's running in the six. And then it got me thinking about these congressional races as a collective. And you think about the sixth congressional district and who, I don't, it, you know, you, you, I haven't really seen any polling, so I don't know. But if you were to say the, the front runner is probably Mike Speedy. Mm-hmm. And Mike Speedy is a state rep from here in in Indiana in the Indiana General Assembly mm-hmm. and you're he's you know you hear they see these TV ads etc and it's like he's some conservative stalwart or something and it's like you as a member of the Indiana General Assembly over the past I found it I tell you this I found the original state uh, it was called capital happenings that jim Merritt and i did starting it was seven seven years, seven ago. years ago i mm-hmm. found them there some of them are up on youtube which is hilarious and we were talking about in 2017 the budget the budget they were getting ready to pass in 2017 which was only seven years ago casey mm-hmm. was 32 billion dollars it was a 32 billion dollar biennial budget it is now $44 billion. The Republican-led supermajorities have grown the state biennial budget by $12 billion. Mm-hmm. A state of 7 million people has grown their budget by $12 billion in seven years. And all along the way, guys like Mike Speedy mm-hmm. have voted for massive tax increases, mm-hmm. growth of government, scope of government, all of this stuff. And yet he runs these ads like he's some sort of super conservative who's going to get in there and just go to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week for you. He didn't even work for you when he had 
you know, ten, tens of thousands of people to represent in the state house. You think he's going to go to work for seven million people in the state? He says that he's the voice for common sense and conservative <laughs> ideas. And yet, okay, so he's been doing it for fourteen years, by the way. Yeah, and what has happened? Look at what has happened with people like Mike Speedy calling the shots in the state of Indiana. Massive growth in taxation, massive growth of government, massive growth of government spending, massive growth of the role of government. Yet he wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that he's going to go to Washington, D.C. He couldn't get anything done. was a total yes man in the Indiana General Assembly. Yet he wants you to believe he's going to go to Washington Mm -hmm. and he's going to kick ass. And he's like Roddy Piper and they live. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of bubble gum. (laughs) That's one guy running. Mm -hmm. Then you got Shreve Mm -hmm. who these these ads, he is like... uh, the most conservative guy you've ever met, which is the polar opposite of how he just ran for mayor. Right. If he had run for mayor the way he's running for Congress, he might actually be the mayor. He might have won. And yet he wants you to believe all these highly egregious, unconstitutional things he said and proposed about the Second Amendment. He wants you to believe that he's going to go to Washington, D.C. And again, he's going to be Roddy Piper and they live. These are your two probably front runners in the 6th Congressional District. I think there's like six people that are running. But it's the same thing in the 5th. Mm-hmm. You got this Chuck Goodrich guy who's running, who's super wealthy. And his ads are about how he lived in a tent in college. And that's great. He's a self-made man. The guy built a great business. Undisputable. He's been very successful in business, just like Shreve. Mm-hmm. But again, Chuck Goodrich, the Republicans, under the rule of Chuck Goodrich in the General Assembly, massive growth in taxation, massive growth in government, massive growth in government spending. What is another option? Victoria Sparts. Victoria Sparts. Flip-flopper. Practically quit on the air with Tony Katz a, a year ago. And then changed her mind again <laughs> on the air with him. I, I just, I, I don't, it's like, and then the one guy who's running is a McCarthy aide, or was a aide to Kevin McCarthy up there in the fifth. And then, uh, it's like, the, thir- the third, we got Marlon. Marlon's pretty good. He was on our show. But the eighth is a, a giant you-know-what show. Like, <laughs> are, what what are we doing here in Indiana? Who is running for office? Well, they make it so hard for the, I mean, for the average person, right? Right. 80% I, of people can't. So, and you think about, like, I was talking with somebody about this yesterday. And I said the one race that I think is interesting is the... Um, the fourth where Bookwalter's running against Baird. Mm-hmm. But look, the reality is Baird has infinite resources and has infinite money and infinite ability to mobilize against Charles Bookwalter. And even though Baird is just about as bad as you could possibly imagine a Republican representative could be, he's still probably going to win. Bookwalter is very engaged, though. He's always doing town halls. He's always on YouTube and social media. He answers questions. Where's Baird? I... I would vote for that stained napkin in front of me before Jim Barrett, Casey. (laughs) Have I made that clear before? Nikki Kelly from Indiana Capital Chronicle is going to join us next. It's 93 WIBC.